Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Back at it again, another edition of the Clay Young Show here on the podcast225.com, on iTunes, and of course on the Talk 107.3 mobile app. And we're going to start with the announcement about this year's Smoke 'em If You Got 'em, and it's a big, big deal. I'm excited. I am as well. This year's event will benefit the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Of course, as most of you know, Chris Kyle uh, was the veteran who was featured in the American Sniper movie, a Navy SEAL uh, who was a very integral part of what our military was doing overseas, fighting terrorism. And he lost his life tragically at the hands of another veteran. And that story was very dramatically portrayed in the movie American Sniper by um, Bradley Cooper, who played Chris Kyle in the movie. So this year's event will benefit his foundation, a foundation that still benefits military veterans in his honor. We spoke last Monday, as we record this, that would be over a week ago, with the executive director of the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, Michelle Buer, and it may be Burr. I need to ask her how to pronounce (laughs) that. It's B-U-H-R. I would say Buer. Yeah. Yeah. So we spoke last Monday. She loved the concept of what we're doing here in Baton Rouge and uh, loved the idea, spoke with her team. And of course, they are very excited to have the event benefit them. Now, it will be on Sunday, May 15th from 5 to 7 p.m. at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row. We will have the entire courtyard as we have for the last couple of years. Hopefully good weather. Hopefully good weather, but even if the weather does what Louisiana weather will do, we are already working on a backup plan. Jameson, as we found out earlier today, is going to be back again. Jameson provided some libation for the... Tastings that went on (laughs) at the event last year. They're going to do that again this year. So we're very glad to have them. Uh, Don Juan Cigar Company is going to be providing the cigars. And how about this? See, the good news isn't over with. The last couple of years, we did the Freedom by Rocky Patel. That was the cigar of choice. This year, the cigar is going to be provided by CLE. And it will be a custom Smoke'em Cigar. The cigars are going to come in custom cigar boxes with the Smoke'em logo emblazoned on the box. And it'll be also written on the box that the event will be benefiting, the date and that the event will be benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. So it's going to be really, really great to do this. Bobby D'Angelo, Bobby D, and the Just Cause Flag organization that is building custom flags that are framed. And if you buy a flag, the money goes to one of six organizations. All of the money. I bought a flag, I think we mentioned this, for our offices here, and it benefited the Chris Kyle Foundation. That's that's actually where the inspiration struck to benefit the Chris Kyle Foundation for this year's event. Well, he's going to have flags there, so you can buy an American flag, custom-framed, hang in your office. I've got two big ones here. i got a big one right to my right, and then one as you walk into the lobby to your right in the building. So it is a great cause, and there is so much more. We will have live music, uh, obviously a great time had by all. 
It's a great cause, and we are going to start some of the uh, announcements about this on uh, April 7th, or at least around then, is when Taya Kyle and I will be doing some local media to promote the event. Really excited about it. You've got more than a month's time to get your ducats in a row. It's $100 per person. You get a cigar. Uh, We are going to do either t-shirts or hats this year to go along with it. And it gets you into the tasting that goes on there. And of course, all of the camaraderie, a great cross section of people will be there. Guarantee Broadcasting will be our media partner promoting it this year and all of their stations. Anna Betts was there last year. And in fact, Richard would have been there, but he had a a death of a friend that happened within days of the event and he was away dealing with that. And so we understood, but you know, the, the guarantee family will be there. Goodwood hardware. They're going to be providing a cooler and we've got some other surprises for auction items at the event. This is going to be the biggest one yet. The exciting one. The exciting one. And let's hope the weather is going to be great, but don't let that deter you. Put it on your calendars right now. The third annual Smoke Em If You Got Em fundraiser this year benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. And by the way, in that first week in April, the first full week in April, you will be able to buy your tickets to the event on the Chris Kyle Foundation's website. Right. And we will have tickets placed in places around town. We're hoping to really get the word out about this. Uh, last, The last couple of years, we've done, done more than $10,000. We want to double that up this year. And you can also buy at the door, correct? And you will be able to buy at the door, as people uh, have done the last couple of years. It's a great cause. I'm really counting on you guys to come out. All of the money is going to go to the Chris Kyle Foundation. We really want to have a great showing. And we want to make this a big event every year in May. Something that we can do, whether you smoke cigars or not, it's inconsequential because there are people who buy a ticket and come to the event who don't smoke anything. Or at least nothing that they admit to. (laughs) But you can come to the event and have a great time. And the cause is 100% patriotic. And there are people of all kinds there. Those who have served in the military and those who have not. It's just a great Great time had by all. And I want to see you there. Looking forward to having you there. We'll be, be good. good. It'll be great. All right. Now, on this week's show, we've got Michael Shingleton, who is the lead anchor at WBRZ TV here in Baton Rouge. He is a second generation broadcaster. His father is Pat Shingleton, the longtime weatherman at WBRZ Channel 2. Pat is a really great guy. I've known him for a while. He's always the same. He's got one of the great sense of humors that you'll ever, ever hear. The only thing about Pat's sense of humor is most of what makes him so witty, he probably couldn't say on the air. (laughs) Uh, And let me tell you, he's got a good wit. And his son is, uh, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree. Good guy. Loves being back here. He's a Baton Rouge product. And he's happy to be back here. He does a great job. He works with the great Sylvia Weatherspoon over at uh, Channel 2, who is very, very involved in the community and has been for years. There are lots of great people over there. And so we talk about why he got into broadcasting. We talk about the awkward nature of him being on the same newscast as his dad. And he's got a great story about that that I think you're going to love. You know... I've con- I know Rocky Dabaval over there as well, who's a general manager. Rock's a good guy. He gets a shout out in the podcast. I don't know if he'll like it or not, but it's in there. <laughs> uh, you know, I contributed and, and have done some stuff at Channel 9 as a political analyst over there. 
And uh, I've done some things every now and again on BRZ. And I always enjoy media folks in, in town and the camaraderie that exists. I've never really looked at this as warfare between clusters. Even when I was doing a radio show every day, you're competing to win. But I've never really hated. There have been some people in media that I didn't like, but it wasn't because of where they worked. Hell, there were people that I didn't care for who worked in the building with me. But it was never about a person across the street being the enemy. They're doing what I was doing, doing a job, trying to earn a living. And I've always looked at it that way. So I've got friends in different places. I've got people I stay away from because uh, contrary to popular belief, I like my space. So you'll see a little bit or get to hear a little bit about Michael's personality. And I think you'll like him a lot and you'll see why he's one of the bright stars in local media. And I think he's one to watch. I really do. He cares. He, he gives a crap about the quality of what he does. And I think he adds to what they're trying to accomplish at WBRZ. You heard a little bit of the interview. He's so down to earth. Yeah, he's yesterday. very down to earth and definitely cares a lot. We'll post a picture on social media. Yes. He's rocking some really <laughs> exotic socks there. He's his socks. His love sock it. game is strong. I love it. His sock game is strong. That's that's the sign of a man who pays <laughs> attention right there. So you'll hear from Michael Shingleton, lead anchor and the managing editor of the Ten O'clock News at WBRZ, and that is coming up promote your business or organization on podcast 225.com podcast 225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for louisiana listeners every month thousands hear the weekly clay young show every week clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. All right, back with Michael Shingleton, the Evening anchor at WBRZ-TV here in Baton Rouge and a second-generation TV broadcaster here in town. As you know, his uh, father is Pat Shingleton, uh, who is maybe in the top two or three in terms of the longest-tenured on-air talents in Baton Rouge right now. I'd say that's close. Got to uh, be. If not, it's either he or or Donna Britt over at AFB. John Pastrick's been there a little bit. Well, longer, that's right. So JP's been there a while. JP, I'd say JP, Donna Britt, and, and then, then Pat. and then Pat. Yeah. So you grew up basically with your father in the business, correct? That didn't run you away from it. <laughs> a lot of people ask that, and no, it didn't. You know, I mean, I, I can remember this was late nineties. Just going down there and uh, watching the broadcast, standing behind the camera, thinking, I've got to get into this. Yeah. And then sure enough, uh, 2001 came around. I was a what was that, a junior at uh, Catholic High School. Yeah. Pat was like, you need to get a job. I said, okay. So sure enough, there was an opening to run the teleprompter right. for the evening newscast. Which is a thankless job, and you could get something thrown at you depending on how well you're doing that job. That's right. There were many a times where the anchor at the time, George Ryan, would... Toss a highlighter George over there. Ryan. Yeah. Good old so. George Petragallo. That's there. right. That's right. A lot of name changes going on there. So okay, so you leave Catholic. Did you go to LSU? I did. I graduated from LSU in 2007. Okay. And uh, in between 2001 and seven, there are several jobs that mm-hmm. I had taken at WBRZ, just yeah. kind of working my way up, learning yeah. every aspect of the business, whether it be 
uh, changing tapes during newscasts, yeah. running audio, directing, yeah. master control overnights, you know, assignment editor, right. photographer, yeah. satellite truck operator. Right. I kind of wanted to learn it all. Has the, but I would imagine that has helped you when you're on camera delivering the news as lead anchor. You, it kind of helps you to understand all of the aspects of what it takes to put a story together so that you can adequately convey emotion when you're giving us when you're talking about a story is that fair absolutely and and even beyond that you you uh kind of empathize with the folks that are working underneath you mm-hmm. or not necessarily for you but mm-hmm. you know you don't know what's going on in that teleprompter right. operator's life and right um just giving them that positive reinforcement of hey thank you for doing what you do right i mean those people that work behind the scenes, they yeah. don't get enough credit. Those are the ones that make us look good. Well, and you know, it's so interesting you say that because the the big knock on new age journalism is that it is lazy. It is too easily, uh, too easily prone to sensationalism. And it isn't always about calling balls and strikes. It is sometimes about hyping something to the degree of, I don't know. Sure. I don't know what you would call it just to get eyeballs. And what you're saying is so fair. It's like there are lots of people behind the scenes who work hard to produce a good product. Right. But what is your response to that observation about media in this new millennium? I think it's spot on. Ah. Yeah. And it, we're just as guilty of it as any other news organization. But you have to get those those eyeballs, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And But to, to get them and keep them and realize that this is not just sensationalism every night mm-hmm. that we're providing a good uh, service to the to our community I mean, sure. we, we care about this just as much as everybody else right we live here too right right you know well you know and, and you're there and i know sylvia and rocky and obviously pat over there and a couple of your people chris and all of them who take seriously what you sure. guys do every day how seriously do you take the competition with afb because I know that they're, you know, they're friends across. This isn't quote unquote war, right? right? And so this is a small town. So you're going to run in circles where competing companies are going sure. to be. But how, how now that you are in the chair, how seriously do you take that competition? Well, of course you take it seriously. But at the end of the day, they have their viewers. We have ours. Right. Of course, we'd like to take some of theirs right. at some point. <laughs> That's the way uh, it works. Right. And it, it is all cyclical. You know, I mean, if, if, if you look at the, the ratings as a whole, mm-hmm. um, we're not where we want to be. Right. Uh, I was at the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters uh, luncheon yeah. last week, yeah. and the general manager of a station in Alexandria put it best, the best I've heard it. They have a lot of young new faces in their newsroom, just mm-hmm. as we do, mm-hmm. and they're on the upward S-curve. Right. right. And I think that's where we are as well. Right. I think that for too long, this TV station has uh, been not focused on what it needs to be focused on. I mean, we are the underdog going up against a much larger mm-hmm. media power sure. in Baton Rouge, in South Louisiana. Sure. So we get to change our mindset in how we do things. How and do you we'll, do that? It, if you can answer that question, that, that is the million-dollar question. We're working on it. It's focusing more on social media, right. I believe, right. um, doing stories that uh, t- telling the news not sensationally, mm-hmm. And I think people eventually will um, respect that if we do it on a consistent basis. Sure. So. And, and, you know, it's you, you mentioned social media. I don't do a lot with social media during the day. I mean, I run an, an ad company and we will help people message on, say, Facebook or Twitter. But in terms of news, actually, one of the better 
usages of social media, specifically Twitter, is news. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. Yes. And so I can click through a link to your site. Now, I also get your push notifications sure. that come to my phone. And actually, and I've, I've had people get the app. Rocky was the one who showed me this. The best traffic camera aspect on any local thing is your sure. uh, is on the brz app he couldn't wait to show me that too I'm by sure. the way yeah, you uh, plug that, he almost right? took my phone and downloaded <laughs> the app for me and but it, but it's really good so how do you stay ahead though with the immediacy of news becoming such more of an issue now than say it was 15 years ago i think it goes back into what we were just talking about before it's it's ingraining that in the younger reporters producers mm-hmm. photographers what have you that instead of calling into the station say hey this is what happened put it on twitter right let your viewers know first right and we're all viewers of each other so if i'm following mark armstrong down at the capitol Mm -hmm. all day i have him set to automatically buzz my phone when i see it because i want to know what's going on down there right so i think that our our folks are getting more involved in that Mm -hmm. in realizing the importance of twitter of facebook we're I'm still trying to get on the whole Facebook thing. Uh, yeah, that, that, see, that's tough. But. but see, for me, I don't do a whole lot with it because I kind of like my privacy and I understand the conversational aspect of Facebook and kind of the social aspect of social media. Sure. I'm not so, so so social away from things that I have to be social at right? because uh, I like my space. Right. But I, I, that's not a judgment of people who, who do anything with it at all because I think that people have fun using it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and viewers or people in the community, Absolutely. they want to know what oh, yeah. you do outside yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what about that aspect of this You've now been in the anchor chair for, uh, let's see, almost three months. Almost three yeah. months. And I have to imagine that the decision was made to bank on younger talent looking toward the future. Sure. You can be in that chair for the next 20, 25 years if you so choose. Absolutely. And that is, I'm sure, their investment for the next era or the next you know generation of viewers. Take us inside of that of that decision, though. And what the long term plan is bringing in young talent, putting more emphasis on the likes of yourself and Chris Nakamoto and some of the other young talent there at BRZ. You know, I wasn't really a part of the overall decision for the change. But once Um, you came in, you you know, you're one of the executors of that plan. And I am little known fact, I'm also the managing editor of the 10 o'clock news. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to put a lot more emphasis on good storytelling at 10 o'clock to keep people engaged, to keep them awake. I mean, a Mm -hmm. lot of that falls off Mm -hmm. midway through the 10 o'clock. But to answer your question, it, um, in terms of the, the younger talent, I think that that is something that the folks up, you know, in management at WBRZ Mm -hmm. are very focused on getting younger viewers here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and starting anew and you know 20 30 years from now hopefully i'm still in that chair sure, sure. i'd be my father's age at that yeah. point but um <laughs> yeah I, I i chris is committed i'm committed of course sylvia is committed Brittany weiss is committed there's a lot of good folks in that newsroom and mm-hmm. it's only going to get better and you, you mentioned the, the the traffic uh app yeah. our, our brand new Reporter Ashley Fruge mm-hmm. is just dominating Baton Rouge traffic coverage. And to be able to kind of revolutionize the way that that's told here, you know. It's if, a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, that's, think of all the things that people care about in this town. Right. I'd say traffic is no right question. up there with 
I've had that conversation with elected or, or people running for office. I said, you could list a lot of things that are policy that could be out in the nebulous that people may or may not care about. But if you're going to work or to school, you care about that five out of seven days a week. Sure. So if I can get information about where the, and I'm crisscrossing Baton Rouge <laughs> every day. So I want to know what places to avoid. Absolutely. What about the common sense? Cause I'd like you to explain, let me ask this first, sure. explain the duties of a managing editor. So kind of the decision maker, Mm -hmm. for example, last Friday, there was, um, we're talking about leading with, with weather Mm -hmm. because weather was such an issue, uh, around eight o'clock that night. But by the time 10 o'clock came, there wasn't much weather that already moved through. So we had another lead story that we, we could have gone with, but as it turned out, there was a house fire. I'm sorry, not not house fire, structure fire Mm -hmm. down off of, uh, Nicholson. Yeah. Turned out it was lightning. That caused it. So, oh, wow. you know, it's just little decisions like yeah. that. We're going to go ahead and kick this thing off tonight with a live shot of the lightning. Mm-hmm. And we're going to back that into Pat so he can pinpoint exactly where the lightning happened right. and go on with our newscast. Decisions like that. Um, a lot of writing styles. Mm-hmm. You know, you, one of my biggest pet peeves used to be how the show would start and it'd be a good minute and a half until the first story re- started mm-hmm. there's all this build-up just yeah. get into the story right. let's just start right. this thing let's go so <laughs> that's that's kind of i guess my, my when it, my time in tampa the the pacing of the newscasts there were so quick and so energetic mm-hmm. that i just i love that because so, you get right to it absolutely i mean we were given strict directives that you're you're leading the the first part that the yankers read 10 seconds and then the story starts right right so that's trying to duplicate that a little bit how do you balance because in the end every every person is a creature of habit right so how do you balance what is in the a block as one two three when you are thinking about the news and and here's what i mean there's a shooting in baton rouge it seems every day sure all right how do you balance that talking about gun violence a robbery an assault with say a story about something that is substantive at the legislature sure. with the session going on right now. What is the determinant over what gets to be one versus what gets to be number six well, in, it, in the lineup? It's a conversation between not only myself, but the news director, the assistant news director. Uh, when we do have an executive producer, that that position and the 10 o'clock producer, mm-hmm. our 10 o'clock producer, Hunter Robinson is a rock star, right? He is phenomenal in every aspect of, of his game. So whenever we are figuring out what is, I like to call it, what's the big story in the big city? Right. Baton Rouge, the Baton Rouge area is the big city. Mm -hmm. So it's tough. I mean, you have to think about what is the most important thing happening right now. Right. And if that is a shooting where one, two people may be dead or shot, then my, uh, my opinion, that goes up top because it is happening right now. Right. But if it happened earlier that day, then you have to, as you said, if there is something tax-wise at the legislature that affects everyone, mm-hmm. that's going up top. Do you try not to overemphasize that, or is there any concern about overdoing the if it bleeds, it leads aspect of news? Because you got to report that sure. stuff. But are you sensitive to the, the squirm factor of some viewers if it's just a police blotter for the first 15 minutes? You were saying earlier uh, about how uh, we, we you had said something about is the 
aspect of the business changing. Yeah. And I think, yes, yeah. it is in, in, in that realm in yeah. that we're tired of doing mugshot news at WBRZ. Thank God. <laughs> we're, it just, I think that a lot of people just change the channel yeah. and they don't want to see it. Yeah. But it has to be told. It has to be sure. reported. And that's where social media comes into this. Right. We have a strict 30 minute window for mm-hmm. each newscast mm-hmm. which Whatever. is actually how much broadcast time because it's not 30 22, minutes 22 minutes of actual minutes. news right. that also has to include the forecast and sports forecast sports around the world in 80 seconds right a right. traffic tease that right. we do now right so, yeah, it's so tough to get it all in that's right and so but but when you're putting this together you are thinking about what would make people turn away as well absolutely you have to mm-hmm. and that is the most difficult part is, I mean, you know, anyone can get up there and deliver the news, sure. but coming up with content that people care about is definitely the, the hardest part. Well, you know, what pisses you off about the industry now? When you look at where you are, you've been doing this long enough now, and you're in a pretty important job there at BRZ. When you look at it, what makes you shake your head? What makes me shake my head? Uh... A lot of just little things that wouldn't really make any sense to to people outside okay. of the industry. Tell me. Uh, the difference between jobs and careers. Hmm. Um, that's that's one. Uh, Let's I, dig into that one. That's because yeah. that's, that's a good one. That that is you're talking about the way the individual views their responsibility sure. as a destination or as. Uh, a road. A means to an end. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'm a perfectionist. Yes. And I as want am I. everything right. to be to it. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And in television, yeah. you can't be that yeah. way. But it, see, that's a charge. You're, that, that, not your, but the newer generation of anchors. I mean, you, you've been doing this a while now, but a newer generation of that's the charge that just show up, throw anything together and, and a lot behind the scenes. It, you know, you remember camera guys used to be. Uh, it had to be a certain way. Sure. You know, they wanted it done a certain right. way. And the criticism now is to show up and it's not really that big of a deal. I'm going to point the camera. But you're saying... It needs to be that certain way. Yes. It has to go back to that. I, I, I love How do you get it back to, to that? I just think that um, it, it starts with getting people motivated within the newsroom yeah. to this isn't about us. Right. It's not about you. This story that you're doing tonight about... Um, whatever it is the story is, it's not about you. It's about the people that mm-hmm. are in that story. Mm-hmm. And telling stories based on that, that's, in a nutshell, that's what we do. And that's what we should be doing. And, um, you know, we just got a lot of work to do to get back to that. But you're working on it. Absolutely. Every single day. I mean, case in point, a, a lot of times we don't decide what's going to go on the 10 o'clock news until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And we should be working on stories days in advance for sure. each 10 o'clock news. Sure. So, for example, today we had an email go out that our um, assistant news director was like, this is what I'm thinking for tonight. Mm-hmm. And there are three great ideas. So the reporters and the other folks, including myself, that work on the night, nightly news, will then look at those, decide if those are the stories we want to do or if they have something better that can beat it. And that's we'll go from there. Take us into the newsroom when something unexpected Breaking happens. news. And let's go a little bit longer term and then something almost immediate. For instance, I guess about a month ago or close to a month ago, we had the tornadoes 
that blew through Louisiana, specifically southeast of here on the back end of Ascension. Devastating. Devastating. And that day started off with a rather ominous looking forecast that this is Louisiana. We didn't know if that was going to be the case or no, but by about nine o'clock that morning, we knew, we knew this was a big deal. So take us inside of of the store when that is going on. As you said, days leading up to that, we knew this was coming. We just didn't know how bad it was going to be. I remember Josh, he just, and Pat Mm -hmm. talking about there's a moderate risk for severe weather. We rarely have that. Right. So leading up to that, there was a loose plan in place of, okay, just everybody calm down for now, but there's a chance we're going to be going wall-to-wall. Wall-to-wall means nonstop coverage with this. Mm -hmm. And um, covering weather like that, you never want to just put your people in random locations Mm -hmm. because you don't know where the storm's going to hit. Right. So from there, uh, it was kind of all hands on deck, if you will, around noon. Mm -hmm. Everybody's in, and we dispatch from there. We had heard about the Gold's Gym in Prairieville. Yeah. Brand new facility. Unbelievable. I mean, just. And there were people working at, working out in the gym when that happened. I can remember around 2, 2.30, uh, Jeff Wiley showed up out there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was talking to him and he said, there was a guy that had noise canceling headphones on there and was jogging. Didn't even realize the roof was ripped off there. Whoa. Until he looked up and saw that. But back to what you're asking. So um, that's a that's a focused workout, brother. Right. I mean, just just locked in. <laughs> right. Just just grinding it up. <laughs> right. So uh, noonish, I got in the car and just tried to get to Ascension Parish. Mm-hmm. And of course, traffic is just a, a disaster. We went and checked on Hushu Two off of Elliott. Right. There was reports of storm damage there. Couldn't find any there. But as soon as we got out to Golds, Chris Nakamoto and uh, Joe McCoy, one mm-hmm. of our photographers, mm-hmm. actually beat us out there. I was with Ken Brumfield that yeah, day. Yeah. And they were on that side of the street telling those stories. And at the minute that we could get on the air around 2, 2.15-ish, uh, we fired up the live use streaming device that yeah. you use yeah. and just showed the other side of that street, which was uh, the Popeyes that was completely destroyed. Right. The facade of a Keens the Cleaner yeah. in an auto dealership. Yeah. Or not an uh, auto dealership, but like a car Engine check. Right. Check engine, I think it's called. Because a lot of those places out there are, are really close together. Sure. Over where that you, because you're talking about off of Airline Highway. I am, yes. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. at 42. Yeah. So you could see the the line, kind of a linear path of damage yeah. that was consistent and later confirmed to be a tornado. Yeah. So back to what you were asking about how you cover that. Mm-hmm. Then as I was talking to the sheriff, he had mentioned that they had heard that a trailer park had been turned upside down down in convent yeah so i immediately called the desk the assignment desk at Mm -hmm. wbrz um i called chris Mm -hmm. nakamoto and they hauled ass down there yeah they they they, they were there before the five o'clock news and sure enough that became the story right that was the story that day yeah so many people just displaced deaths Injuries, unbelievable, and it. Um, do you know I drove down airline a couple days later? I had a meeting in New Orleans. Actually, Mike, it might have been the next day uh, because the weather kind of got out of here later that day. And sure. I just remembered as you uh, are, are passing through Ascension, and I noticed on the left side, headed east, you know, trees snapped in right. half. And then I look over to that uh, subdivision that's right there, and you could see the damage. Sure. And it's unbelievable when you see that in the sunlight, how much damage there is there. What, what feedback did you get from the folks when you guys were down there? 
I mean, you know, the off-camera stories about what was going on. Stuff that you can't put in, into in, a package. In convent. Yes. It, uh, I mean, the, you just looked around and there was just so much despair. And I think that the next day is when it really kind of sunk in for me. Because mm-hmm. we went back down there. And sure enough, there were all these people coming in, pulling their stuff out yeah. of there. And there was this little girl who um, she was just, I, I want to say she was holding something. It was like a bag. Mm-hmm. And it was like her her possessions. Right. And they were standing in front of their trailer. Unbelievable. And it was just completely obliterated. And it just, it it makes you wonder why that location. Yeah. Why did that yeah. tornado hit there? Yeah. Why couldn't it have been 200 yards to the Where to there's the an open field. There's nothing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that all the time. And I think, and this goes back to doing the job. And you talked about the difference between a job and a career. Sure. And the, I was on the air when Katrina happened, you know, on radio and on the air when 9-11 happened. And I think that a gear changes in your head when you're serious about this. And it goes from being either entertainment or just information to service. Absolutely. You go into community service aspect. How can we best get the information to the public as accurately as we can, as fast as we can, and then keep it coming? And how can we best help this community rebuild? Right, that's right. And that's where have, we are now. Have you guys done a follow-up? I hadn't seen a follow-up on what's happening down there since those storms. We've done stories on alarms, yeah. like uh, sirens and whatnot. Right, right. But in terms of getting back down there, no. How is we, the we state, haven't done enough. How, how is the state, as it relates to that, because this isn't, say, Oklahoma or the, the, the more aggressive parts of sure. Tornado Alley, but... We get a fair amount of storms here, and do you think we do an adequate enough job as a state to give people warnings? And that warning may only be 10 minutes, may only be five minutes, but that could be the difference between being caught not knowing and taking cover before a tornado hits. Do you think we do a good enough job? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I, agree with you, by the way. I think that there's always room for improvement, especially yeah. when it comes to warning people of... Right severe or inclement weather. I think that each individual TV station does a great job in getting information out. You have to. Right. But in terms of individual municipalities, I think that, for example, we ran a story uh, last week on Iberville Parish Mm -hmm. and how they're using their um, chemical sirens for a, a leak of some sort. They can use that for severe weather. So if there is a spotted tornado on the ground, they'll sound those sirens. And huh. if you've ever heard those sirens, they're extremely loud. I mean, they have them in Baton Rouge yeah. as well. Yeah. So that's something that I think that could be, could be looked at for every municipality. Could to, save lives. Absolutely. Could literally save lives. What about the impact of national news outlets? And without getting into politics on one side or the other, Watching the national media cover the presidential election is almost like watching an old wrestling program. <laughs> <laughs> Reality TV. It's yeah. like um, the influence that the way the influence of the way national media covers stories on, say, local stations such as yours. What is it? Uh, you mean like, in other words, in politics a, and anything in, the, in, in the a way national, yeah, the, a national story, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, are you talking about the ones that we air that they put together? Um, you just y- about? Yes, the ones that they the ones that they air, but also their way of going about covering news 
and how that impacts the way a local station will cover, say, political stories. Sure. Because you're not going to do it the way CNN or Fox or MSNBC will do it. You can try, but you're not. You're right. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe you don't want to, depending on who's talking. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. The, uh, the one of the first things we talked about today was sensationalism. Oh yeah. I think that's exactly yeah. what the national media folks have to do. Because yeah. I mean, a long time ago, it seems as though everything was kind of journalism might have been put by the. That's right. On the back burner a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think that we're. WBRZ is on that that no. level. I mean, we, we, I would agree. We, we aren't political in our, in our coverage right. in, any, in any way, shape, or right. form. Some might think so, but no, I don't think so. I mean, I think you're trying to call balls and strikes, as we were saying sure. earlier here, because I mean, you're in the community, so people are going to know if you're if you're leaning sure. one way or the other. Do you think you have a response? Weigh this for me. Vicky Zimmerman said this to me uh, years and years ago. Vicky used to be the news director over at uh, AFB, right? And we were having a conversation somewhere and, you know, Fox News uses fair and balanced. Sure. And she said to me, the news is not supposed to be fair or balanced. It's supposed to be the truth. Sure. And if the story told truthfully has an impact on someone one way or the other, it is what it is. That's the way it should be. Now, I agree. To me, balanced means you do your job. You get as much information as you possibly can to make to make sure you are even with the facts. And if, if, if you are covering a, um, a, a story at, at the Capitol. Sure. Where I remember years ago, there was a representative that tried to drug test all welfare recipients. John Labruzzo. Right. That was his name. Yes. And it, I, I want to say it failed miserably yeah, it the did. first year. It got a little further. Got him some national attention, yeah. though. So to, to cover that yeah. story fairly yep. or balanced, mm-hmm. you'd have to obviously get his reasoning for mm-hmm. it, his side of it, but go out and find someone in the community sure. that benefits from benefits. But see, that's and, journalism sure. versus saying if I run three uh, negative Republican stories, I've got to run three negative Democrat stories. Right. And to me, that's just stupid. Yeah, I agree. Just talk about what's going on Today. and Here's let the what, chips fall where they right. may. Yes. John Labruzzo. I wonder what he's doing now. I have no idea. That's a great <laughs> I, question. I remember uh, talking to him at Jabo. He, I was still doing that and he came over to, to interview. I said, what's the story behind all of this, man? Because I'm not going to believe anyone else's characterization of the man seeing as how I hadn't met him. You have to think that he was getting some pressure from someone to oh, listen, to be the guy. Listen, that, that. there's a little bit of that, but there was also um I think that he was thinking about fiscal responsibility but didn't use judgment in the way that he went about it. Or and he was getting some pressure to do this, but I don't think he's a racist. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I agree there. I just think that the, there's a way to go about things, yeah. and that lacked clearly, a little good judgment on that that's one. That's right. Because that's I spoke right. with lawmakers there who are black who did know him and said they didn't think he was a racist either. Now some of them thought he was an idiot, but they didn't <laughs> think he was a racist. Right. So, all right, how odd is it though? Because you you talked about earlier covering these serious stories, you're sitting in the chair and your father's doing. Oh God! <laughs> How odd is that? Well, all right. So, quick story. Uh, whenever I got back in town, yeah, I was given a strict directive. Okay, do not call him dad on air. Yeah, don't do yeah. it. And he's supposed to call me Michael. He's yeah. called me Mike for the past thirty yeah, years. Right. And yeah. you know, so it's day two, the six o'clock news, <laughs> and. I'm tossing to him. That's all ad lib, you right. know. So, and I just said something like, uh, "Hey, looking pretty, uh, 
wet for this weekend, huh, Dad? <laughs> and and man, I, you sh- my entire face turned beet red because I knew that's what I wasn't supposed to say. Haven't done, <laughs> haven't done it since though. But, but but you know what? I think I think people get it though. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad. Deal. I don't either. Yeah. And you know, it's it's not <laughs> it's not like he's a neighbor eight houses down from. That's right. Calling him Dad. It, and you then, guys kind of have the same last name. That's right. It, it's hard to avoid it. Yeah. But, but even further than that, I remember actually the tornado day with 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 the coverage. Yeah. Uh, he was back, obviously, at the station, mm-hmm. and I was live out in uh, Prairieville, mm-hmm. and he and I were just having a talk back. Banter, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. about this, and he was asking me all these questions about, now, do you know how fast the wind was through there, or do you know what, di-? and I was like, you have all the computers in front of you, you tell me, I'm just the reporter on the right. ground, so I don't think that I could have that kind of relationship with anyone else, obviously, right? Or to be able to tell him, right? Talk to him like that, right? Right. Without, but I think people uh, people get it. I I do think it is an endearing thing for people to see because Baton Rouge, you know, we are a community who love our own, sure, right? And I think that it's important for people to see someone having talents such as yours choosing to stay here and continue to build something in the community versus being in other places. I mean, you said you were in Tampa, but you weren't there very long. I was there two years. A couple of years. And absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's I mean, Tampa's can't nice. Beat the weather. Tampa's, Tampa as a community, though, has a little bit of Louisiana in it. it you're right. It, it kind of does. Yeah. It, 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 it's not as... Uh, it's not as polarizing no. as Louisiana. Right. Um, I think that there is an element of bigotry yeah. in South Louisiana. Yeah. You really don't find that over there. So that was kind of a that was kind of a breath of fresh air to me. Um, like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my my time there. It was a big market news. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Being able to just kind of in, inject myself into their culture right, and those right. people. I mean, there's that's mostly a, a, a transient population. Anyway, right. there's not a whole lot of. They say whenever you actually find someone from Tampa, it's like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Cause, you know, because lots of well, it's like going to Destin or Pensacola. Sure. You're going to run into somebody from Louisiana right. or somebody, maybe even somebody you know from Louisiana. Yeah, you know, talking about doing this and preparing every day. What's your what is your routine prepping for uh, the newscasts that you do? My routine. Uh, well, the minute I wake up, I think like most people, I'm on Facebook yeah. or Twitter, just Seeing figuring what's out going what's on. going on. Yeah. I check all my email, um, try to formulate if I have any stories that I'd like to get involved with that day, mm-hmm. go through that. As soon as I get into the afternoon meeting, we have a meeting at one thirty every day in which we kind of go over each show and mm-hmm. it's very very loose and fluid at that point yeah. about what's going to stack up what's as you said the lead what's the second story third fourth and fifth right. and then we get into the afternoon editorial meeting or the, the evening editorial meeting and decide what the stories are going to be mm-hmm. that evening of course that changes almost oh sure daily. i mean because and it's it's real life absolutely. you never know what's going to pop up so my my preparation is that i just Try to get a grasp of every story. I, I want to read what all the all of our competitors have sure, as well, because sure. I think that gives you a better Absolutely. understanding of the story. Right. So I'm on the internet all yeah. afternoon looking through that, and then when it comes time to actually go through the show, mm-hmm. you know, first read, second read, start making some changes, just wording changes, yeah. but yeah. nothing drastic. What about competition under your roof? I think competition is great. Yes, in media companies. 
and any manager of any kind who wants to discourage competi- competition is crazy. You want people pushing one another. Absolutely. You want the guy on top to never, never, ever think that I shouldn't look back. I mean, so I'm sure for you, you want to stay sharp because you want to be the guy on top. Yes. And you don't want it to be handed to you because I know that it wasn't. You want to be able to say, hey, I'm here because I earned it and I'm going to show you why I'm going to stay here. But you need that, right? Right. And, and the, it goes well beyond that. So uh, Chris Nakamoto has been a great friend of mine oh, yeah. for the better part of a decade. Yeah. And I mean, he has so many contacts yeah. and gets so many awesome tips. And to even compare myself to him wouldn't even be fair, right? Because he is—he's a reporter yeah. that that uh, I can only dream. He's to competitive. Be as good. Yeah, was he pissed absolutely. when you got that job and he didn't? <laughs> I don't know. If, if so, he hadn't shown it. But well, you know, no, I'm holding wait. a grudge. I'm holding a grudge against him because back in like 2012, we both we both danced for Big Buddy, That's right, and, and I he think won. he won. That's right. Like, how the hell did he win? He had like 13 people and a and a fire spitter That's on right. stage with him, and he it was won. probably rigged. To be honest, well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great cause, and we had a great great time doing yeah. it. And uh, Chris is fun. I, I, you know, it's so funny to see him enjoy that, and everybody did. I mean, Chris uh, Price is doing it this year. One of our uh, sports guys. I did say this. Never doing it again. Never. Nope. Can't get you to do it again. No. It was fun. I enjoyed the cost for the kids, but shaking my behind on stage in an undershirt, (laughs) yeah, that's probably a one-off. Sylvia's been kind of hounding me about doing it at some point. You got to do it. So, wait a minute. There we go. That's right. Well, what are you waiting on? Well, I haven't been asked yet. Okay, I'm going to call Gay over at uh, Big Buddy. You got to do that. And, you know, here's hoping you get a better song than... I'm sexy and I know it. That's what you had? Yeah. See, I'd have to And do, I went on last. I'd have to do something bigger than anyone ever's done before. You know, like zip lining in or a Trudy White roof. had a dance troupe on stage with her. I mean, there were like uh, big scarves and big <laughs> hair. And I'm thinking, man. Yeah. And uh, John Fabry, who you just yeah. saw here at the building, yeah. he danced to the uh, Pink Panther song out there. I mean, everybody got all these great songs and I'm dancing to I'm sexy and I know That's it. That's right. And I'm still I still don't live that down. Every time I see Sid, uh, <laughs> I got to d- deal with that. So Brings that up. Huh? Yeah, man. So it, back to the competition sure. thing and in the building, kind of talk about that and why it's so good to have com- uh, competitive people on the team. Because I think that if 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 there's one reporter that I mean you, you can cherry pick ideas or styles I mean every every reporter's done that you know mm-hmm. you, you look at someone on the national level and wow I really like the way he did that then yeah. you bring that down to your local level yeah. and do that one of your colleagues may see it and be like oh hey how'd you do that you know and that's so healthy because then it has everybody kind of competing against each other within the newsroom, but right. we're all in kind of the same oh, team. Oh, yeah, it's competing you know? to be the best. It's not trying to cut anybody's sure. legs out from sure. it. It's healthy competition, absolutely, which I think is great. As a leader there now, I mean, because you are in that role and, and you are in a position where you are a leader in a building where, where people have been doing it a hell of a lot longer than you have, sure. tell me how you view yourself in the prism of that experience versus experience and then how do you use that leadership to set an example i'm still trying to gain everyone's respect okay and i know that that takes some time and i'm ready to to continue doing that um it is in other words i I, i've tried to work with each reporter Mm -hmm. if they've asked for it Mm -hmm. to you know try it this way yeah you know or Let's let's flip this story upside down and 
In other words, if you bury the lead, yeah. you know, put this up top. Yeah. That's that's the. But uh, speaking of Chris Nakamoto, a long time ago, whenever uh, he became a reporter, I believe in the summer of 2007 mm-hmm. at Channel Two, yeah. and then I was in the May of 2008 ish. Mm-hmm. That, and he used to always. I used to ask him for advice all the time, and uh, he always said, "There's no wrong way to tell a story. It's through your eyes. Right. It's of course there's little nuances that you need to." be able to do journalistically to make it look right. Right. So it, back to your question, I think that, that that's it. I, I'd love to work with each reporter more to not, I mean, I don't have all the answers, but I have a way that I know it's worked for me right. in the past. Right, and, and then the stories that I've told. And then having to be their lead in when you're sitting in the chair, when you know you're throwing to either a package or someone who's doing a stand-up someplace sure. having an understanding. I mean, that kind of symmetry does help you when you're telling a story. You want that seamless algorithm sure. of information. And then it's got to be comfortable. There's right. nothing like seeing that disjointed flow, right? Exactly. And that comfort, of course, I'm still working on that comfort yeah. as well. But the some of the best moments that I've had since I've been back have been just interacting with Sylvia. No yeah. script, just yeah. talking. Yeah. Just Which is easy to do because she's such a great person. And to be able to take that comfort and have a reporter out in the field and talk to them to where they, they're on TV, they're looking at that camera. Right. But if I can make them comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. then they're going to look so much more comfortable to the viewer. And, and, and it, that, that is not easy to do. Right, right. But I think that it starts with just having conversations with them offset. Right. And once they get comfortable, just. BSing with you, right. then that's going to translate You build on that TV. rapport Absolutely. with them. Where do you see journalism going in the next 20, 25 years with, with the changing landscape of how people get information? Here's how I would like it to go. Uh, if it happens, who knows? But I think that the days of structured newscasts are going to go away at some point. So in other words, there, there could be a 4 o'clock newscast. There could be a 10 o'clock newscast. But the nature of the 10 o'clock newscast would be here's what happened today that you may have missed Mm -hmm. and try to tell our viewers something that they don't otherwise already know. Right. But instead, I think that it's all going to go streaming. I think that it's all going to go. Um, so Clay Young has a Apple TV. Yeah. You know, you can click on WBRZ's, uh, if we had it, Mm -hmm. I think we're working on it. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, have that and you can click on that and there's an hourly update of here's what we're working on at yeah. this hour. Yeah. I think social media is going to be huge, yeah. obviously. I mean, I don't think Twitter's going anywhere. No. Um, I think... I do think it's becoming a lot more of a serious tool. It's becoming the grown-up sure. of social media platforms. And I don't mean that as a, as a derogation to anyone. Sure. I just mean the way people use Twitter now is it's like a streaming news feed. Absolutely. As opposed to Facebook being... It's like a the whole, old news wires. Absolutely. Back in the day. But yeah. I don't think that was the intention, but that certainly is what it's becoming. Sure. And then now that you can link to something like Periscope yes. on Twitter to be able to live stream... Uh, is is great. I think you're. Uh, that's a good good point because uh, I do have Apple TV, and I think you're absolutely right about people not having to wait till five, four, five, six, or ten. But imagine that. I mean, yeah. how great would that, that be? Yeah. Or in, in Facebook Live, right? Picture you could get on WBRZ's Facebook page, and right. every day at it, it, it's obviously programmed in, but sure. at four, five, six, ten, tune sure. in and noon, the show is available right there. And whenever it goes to commercial break, 
we're still sitting there. Well, and that's, I think that's great because I think people want to see I how the sausage is made. Absolutely. That, you know, with radio years ago, that became such a big deal. Uh, Don Imus went up on television, gosh, 25 years ago. And since then, there are so many radio shows on television because yes. people like seeing it. When people get a chance to see what's happening behind the scenes at news stations, they love it. They want to see how the sausage is made, as right. you say. Uh, I think that's a good idea because the, whole, the days of waiting until 10 o'clock to find out what happened in the world in the evening, sure. it's kind of gone now. And you see that. In, I mean, if, if you follow industry trends and just overall news ratings mm-hmm. from for nightly newscasts, it's all trending down. More people are getting their news from their phones than they are on television. And of course, I mean, we have to adapt to that. Yep. At the end of the day, we're a business as well. Have to be where the people yeah. are. Yep. And you know, the, the worst place to be is where the people used to be. <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. You want to be where they're going or where they are, yeah. but you don't want to be where they were. I just can't wait to see what it's like even five years from now. I mean, there's some platform that hasn't even been invented yet. Mm-hmm. What was fascinating to me as well, last summer, uh, Facebook partnered with the New York Times. Do you remember this? When it's So if, if, if you go onto New York Times' Facebook page mm-hmm. and you click on content, it automatically pops up. It doesn't bring you to an, oh, yeah, yeah, an external yeah. browser yeah, of any yeah, kind. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me about that is if you look whenever over-the-air was the only form, mm-hmm. and here came cable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of TV stations are freaking out, like, oh, my God, here comes cable. Right. And then here comes the Internet. And then, in my opinion, now here's Facebook. Right. Facebook is its own. That's right. It's its its own Internet. No question. And at some point, it's kind of scary that there's a publicly traded company that owns a medium. That's exactly right. But but the public forced that. Sure. Because it was was just kind of a... social content sharing platform right. and look at what it's becoming. I think, again, it's learning how to be where the people are or where they're going. Going back to what you said about that specific thing, how hard is it to get people who are, and I don't mean this as, as, a, as, a, as an insult or even sure. as, as a complaint or criticism, but is it difficult to get people who've seen media as the traditional structured form of delivery, talking about TV news, to kind of see where you are? Or do you find that people are getting that whether you like it or not, this is where you have to be? It's a tough question. Ah, I see the wheels turning. I see him trying not to say something here. You know, So just go on and tell me, Rocky Dabbleval is a dinosaur, (laughs) you know? (laughs) He isn't interested in doing anything past 1985. No, 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 no. How about that, Rock? That's right. He's very open to change, and that's that's what's awesome about this company. The the manships know that you have to change just to stay relevant. And there is a whole lot of awesome change going on right right now. But to answer your question, and I will, um, I think that different age groups expect different things. That's the reason why we we still have nightly newscasts. Because there are people who still depend on that, just like people still depend on getting that paper newspaper delivered to their house versus having it on an iPad or looking at it online. There's There's not one demographic or one age group that we're going after. You got to be all things to all people. Everybody. Yep. So structured newscasts aren't going anywhere. There will be, we will be working harder on our other platforms, but still paying the same amount of attention that we do to our structured newscasts. I just hope that for the sake of television, 
that television stations and networks don't do what many, not all, but what many people in the print news media industry did, and they ignored it. Yeah. And by the time they started to adapt, the public was already moving on to digital. Right. And that's what's happening with network television. They've been fighting it, fighting it. And then Netflix comes along and that's says, right. we're going to do original content. And now there's Hulu and all these that's other right. places. And the networks are finally now saying, well, we better get out there with our own app so people can get online to see our stuff. And the thing is, it should not, local TV stations should not wait until that's the norm. Right. To to be on the ground floor of that, to yeah. get in now. Better do it now. Is Let me tell you something. Here, here is something that I think is going to be a big deal in the next 20 years. Just my opinion based upon where the industry is going. When these current pro sports contracts start to expire and you can allow a Netflix to create a Netflix sports or something where they will be able to stream NFL games... Now a fan of the Steelers who's in Mississippi can watch Steelers games without having to get the cable platform. When that starts to happen, call The Undertaker because television, as you know, it is done. I I read an article recently about the massive layoffs at ESPN Yeah, because of all this. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the, the subscriber it's base coming. And, and, and pay for just what you want. It's coming. As a consumer, I can't wait. Yes. But as someone in the industry, you're like, oh, boy. But what you do is you have to get ahead of it. You mitigate as much as you can, as much as you can, because you know you're going to have, have some downsizing because the delivery becomes more efficient. Sure. You don't need as many people to deliver the content. But you can't wait until it's too late because then you're, I mean, ESPN has laid off hundreds of people, That's I right. believe, in the last year or so because they waited. And here's what's sad. They're, they've been one of the driving forces behind That's the right. digital content. How do you not see what you're doing? And so I hope the local stations get that because if I can get your program on my iPad or on my computer and I don't have to be in front of a television or wait through commercial breaks, why should I have to? Well, and you're exactly right. Um, I think that there needs to be a, a revenue model in place, though, for yeah. that. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, we are not only a business, but a public service. Yep. And it's a, it's a balancing act there. Live news and live sports, in my opinion, are what is keeping TV traditional relevant. television relevant. Wow. And the more that I can get immediate news without having to sit and watch it live on television by reading a story the the less I need to have to be in front of my television at four, six, ten, or whatever. So what would, in, in your opinion, what would local TV need to do differently to, to keep you? I think to start, you know, going over the air as stations are doing with the traditional stream of the live on the air uh, broadcast, but also an on a digital streaming only newscast that I can catch at, say, 3.30. Sure. So like what I was saying. Yeah, about absolutely. Do, doing it that way, but also allowing um, an almost coffee table delivery of the news. Say you're sitting around the table with Sylvia and Pat and you're talking about news stories, not editorializing or opining, but just, hey, what's going on today? Almost like you're in the new uh, in the uh, the the uh, editing session or, or in a 
in an assignment, sure. you know, session. Well, you're, you're talking about the news, not, and it doesn't sound like robot talk. Right. It's and just so how you're you just and I chatting. are talking now. And someone asks you about a story, and it's only on the facts. You, you don't opine. You, you stay away from, and the phone's ringing, and you stay away from uh, getting into giving opinions. But I think if you do that, that's something people are watching. They're seeing the sure. sausage made behind the scenes. We used to, uh, or say used to, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about having just something called the after show. Yeah. That would stream on WBRZ.com. Yeah. That at 1030. 35, we just, not necessarily, like you said, gave opinions about yeah. news, but... But I wouldn't want most, you to, just just talking through the details without opinions. Or even asking Michael Cobble, what was the most important news story today to you? Right. And just to hear his opinion That on would that. be a killer. Absolutely. Those kinds of shows, you know, Crossfire, that, sure. that's what yes. that, that's all that was. And now that has spawned dozens and dozens of those kinds of shows, but there's not anything like it locally. That's right. And that could be something. You know, having people... Imagine being able to do a newscast where you're all, it's almost like the morning show formula, but during the rest of the day. That's right. And only online. So I can't see it unless I'm on the app. Sure. But I can refer back to what happened on the app when I'm over the air. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. It's just a matter of pulling it off. But you have so many different things that go into that. You but know? listen, that's what TMZ has done that has changed the game as well. There are a couple of watershed moments in media, in my opinion. The first was the way the general public reacted to the Daily Show. And then the, the way that the news media outlets reacted to the public's reaction to, to the, the Daily, Daily Show. Yeah. The Daily, people said that most people get their news from the Daily Show. How could that be? It's satire. Well, Stewart was smart enough to have satire, but the satire followed an actual news event. Right, so that the individual consumer or viewer can got the facts first, decipher right, what, or to understand what the news story is by wading through all the other BS. Right, yeah. and and then what made him so what made him so dominant is you had newsmakers, even up to the level of presidential candidates, go on to his show. Right. Because he had the audience. And the second was the beginning of the link that people had across the country and the world through social media. And some outlets jumped right on it and others stayed away from it. And if you snooze, you lose. That's right. The ones that stayed away from it probably wish they wouldn't have. What? Because, and I think it's always best to make a smart gamble. Throw it out there, brother. <laughs> At the very most, if it doesn't work, you can dial it back and you don't throw it out in a way that destroys your credibility. But why not do it? Yeah. You know, why not have in your six o'clock or in your 10 o'clock, you can go online to watch what's happening behind the scenes in the newsroom. I'd, I'd love it, you know, to have a, a several cameras, one in the studio, like yeah. a webcam you can watch all the yeah. time or have one in the uh, control well, the control room. They may have to leave the mic off for that one. Probably, probably. Especially, especially your dad's mic. That's right. <laughs> Let me That's just right. tell you. That's right. He's got a great sense of humor, but I don't know that the FCC would enjoy it. As soon as so. we can get rid of that FCC, he's going to be great. Right? Well, you know, I, I've been thinking about having him coming in and doing this podcast, and I don't know. While I may love it, I don't know that Rock will. So. <laughs> That's right. All right. So in the next, I'll ask you a couple of questions here, then we'll wrap sure. up. In the next five years, within the next five years, WBRZ will be where? And doing what? I think we will be much more active online. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to not necessarily revolutionize the way news is told online, but we're going to try. We're going to be doing a lot more with social media. I think that the newscasts, the, the, the pace of them, 
will be a little more energetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you're also going to see not necessarily opinions on air, but I think that you're you're going to watch and be able to connect with us. Right. There's there is a in my delivery at least. I don't want it to look like I'm reading at you. Right. I want to talk to you. Right. And I I, I think WBRZ as a whole wants to get way more out in the community, mm-hmm. in communities that we haven't not necessarily neglected, but that we haven't paid as much attention to. So I think that you'll see that in the next five years. Um, I think that there will be just a, a, a sense of enthusiasm in our newsroom mm-hmm. that we haven't had in a long time. Mm-hmm. There is so much positivity right now. Yeah. Everyone is so on the same team to put yeah. a great product out. And that's just in the past four or five months. It's like that infusion of new blood will Ooh, bring it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that five years from now, it's going to be much, much larger. So. Okay. I want you to finish this, this sentence for me. My driving force is... My driving force is uh, a commitment to excellence. I mean, I just want to have everything perfect. And that gets back to yeah, what we started. Yeah. It, it, it can't always be. I, I think that in terms of television news and community and whatnot, our, our driving force has to be the individual stories that we tell mm-hmm. each and every day and making sure that there is some sort of positive impact back onto the community. Personally, my driving force, um, that's a tough one. I, I, I think just to continue to be the, the best that I can, not just for me, but for everyone that's around me. Are you having fun? Absolutely. That's At, the most important thing. I wouldn't have taken this this opportunity unless I knew I was going to have fun. But absolutely. It is. there. Back to last Friday, mm-hmm. you, you ha- I had this sense of just, I was proud of the newscast we put on the right, air. Right. Because at 9.58, I could hear Brad Buffington, one of our reporters, yeah in my ear before the newscast goes and he says i've just confirmed from state police that it was in fact lightning that caused this fire wow. so everything that i mean even small things like that but yeah. everything that we had put together in the last 15 minutes i mean we were we were running and gunning trying to get that show <laughs> on the air but i was i was proud whenever that show was over i was like we did a good job today so that that's that and and you know finally here one thing that you would like the public who can't get the opportunity to interact with you on a daily basis to know about you and the way you go about doing your business there at BRZ? I genuinely care about Baton Rouge. Um, this has been my hometown. I grew up here. Mm-hmm. I know all of the, the bad that's happened here. I've been here for the good times. Mm-hmm. And um, for the folks that aren't watching us yet, I just wish they'd give us a shot, a shot, mm-hmm. a chance, and um, you may like what you see. I, you know, I, I, it's it's refreshing because you can see your passion for what you do and that you really want to build something. And you know, in this industry, there there are ebbs and flows about the way things work. And being fast and being accurate, but giving a crap right. is. I mean, you have to have all of that. Well, we live here too, right? You know, and this is. This is my my community as well. And right. I, whenever I was gone for two years, I still read the news here every up, day, absolutely. and I was just as infuriated and right. 
as a as a person from Baton Rouge is right, right. With, with certain things. Yeah. So I mean, it it um yeah. I mean, this is our community too. We just happen to be the people that ask the tough questions mm-hmm. and disseminate information. And that is a public service at the end of the day. How can people find you, follow you, reach you on social media? I am at Shingleton WBRZ. Is your dad on Twitter too? He is. He's Dear at, God. at Pat underscore Shingleton, I believe. I got um, <laughs> Okay. It, it, he's, he's still learning. Oh, it's, 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 it's yeah, really? We're, we're, you better hope he doesn't ever figure it out. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Where else? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm just at Shingleton WBRZ. I'm obviously on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, WBRZ.com is a great stream for continuous news. Right. We have an awesome web staff. They're uh, fresh. They're young. Yep. They get it. Yep. Um, it's, it's, uh, we're in the business of uh, telling stories online now as mm-hmm. opposed to just having a website. Right, so right. Which is, that's, boy, that's a mouthful. There's a lot that doesn't make TV that all goes yes, there instead. Yes, a mouthful. Having a website just for the sake of saying go online. <laughs> right. Those days are gone Absolutely. now. If you're not doing something with it, you may as well pull it down. We've been doing a lot of web exclusives too. Right. Things that you're only going to see on on there in terms of video, not just so what is fun. your, uh, I guess this kind of popped in as you're talking about that, your opinion of the public sending not just photos, but videos of news events to you? We love it because we can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, our staff's not large enough to to have someone that lives in, you know, every single right. Somebody see, county, who's, who's you know? seeing something in Bossier that may have a relevance sure. to someone in Baton Rouge. Or Centerville, Mississippi. You Absolutely. know, our friends up in Mississippi don't get near the coverage that I think they deserve. Right. But then again, we don't have the resources to sure. go up there every sure, day. Sure. So we love getting content from people as long as they allow us to use it. Right. Um, what and, about that? Yeah, see, that's a, uh, my opinion, if you send it to us, you're giving us permission to use it. Right. Um, there's uh, obviously a lot of gray area when it comes to using YouTube videos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because so, if you can find it on YouTube, it's in a public domain. It's easy to get. Right. If there's something on Facebook that's public, can we use that? Can we? Not? So that's always a yeah, balance. People act. tend to put all their business out on social media. Some of which, yeah, I'm wondering if there ought to be like a 15 second counter before you send that's right it. maybe are you can you pull sure it you back wanna, yeah right there are no maybe facebook and twitter should work on that when you hit send or a filter that gives you 15 seconds to decide <laughs> to do i really it. want to say that's this right. but then again i don't know that donald trump would use that if he had no it, i doubt he would because there's <laughs> no filter there no no you see he got all the way through this and we didn't really talk a whole lot about trump <laughs> but what else is there to say that's right all right mike man listen you got to come back absolutely anytime you'll have me Michael Shingleton, WBRZ-TV here in Baton Rouge. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Clay Young here with John Conroy, founder and owner of Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control. Let's make your yard great again. <laughs> John's, John has something to deal with mosquitoes. It's that time of the year, so what do we do? 
Uh, yeah, it is that time of year. And I'm telling you, the one thing you want to do is actually just treat the entire yard. Okay. Not just empty containers of water, which we've got a lot of right now. That's right. But you want to go out and treat under the foliage, mm-hmm. uh, spray your grass, areas where they would tend to harborage. And what okay. this does is we have a product that'll last a good three months between applications. So the whole area becomes mosquito free, even ones that are trying to invade from other areas because it's a synthetic pyrethroid. It puts up that invisible barrier mm-hmm. that they don't like flying across it. Well, I use the product. I swear by it. Where can we find it? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue, right next door to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherman Williams. On the West Bank, we're on the Palco, just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. This is the Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation with Michael Shingleton. He's a good guy. Genuine. Very, very genuine. And we look forward to more conversations with him and other people in local media. Quickly here again, the third annual Smoke Me If You Got Him is going to take place on Sunday, May 15th, 5 to 7 p.m. at Ben 77 Bistro, benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, Don Juan Cigar Company, Pest Stop Do-It-Yourself Pest Control, uh, Goodwood Hardware, Gosh, we're leaving so many people out. Jameson is going to be pro- providing uh, scotch and other libations for the for the tastings. Essentials. Uh, gosh, got to be leaving someone else. And it's the launch of a local organization, Patriots for Freedom, a group of citizens getting together to host events to benefit nonprofit organizations that work with military veterans. And you'll be hearing more about that. Mark your calendars now. Tickets will be $100. All of the money will go to the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. All of the money. So we appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget, you can hit that subscribe button on iTunes and catch the show every week. Download that Talk 107.3 mobile app, or you can just punch us up on the interweb at podcast225.com. Have a great one, y'all. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.